Welcome back. Episode 6 of Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. How are you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing pretty good. Doing good? Tell them where we are. This is a special edition of the podcast. We've got a special edition of the podcast today. We're at uh, Nesbitt's cabin in the the woods here in Canada. And we're uh, up for a hunting trip, slash maiden podcast, slash beer tasting, slash uh, all the good stuff. So if you hear a crackling noise in the background, we're sitting next to a wood stove. It's actually quite amazing. And, Early uh, January in in, uh, in Canada, and you got a wood stove. Is yeah. it better than that? I know. It's pretty awesome. Until we turned down the maiden, you didn't even know the stove was on. I, know. I just and I just threw a bunch of wood on, so it'll as it burns down, it'll get quieter. That's right. So this is episode uh, six, which is interesting because today we're going to talk about Summer in Time, which is the sixth studio album. Yep. So our goal here today came out in 1986. 1986, yeah. six, six, Very and then a third six. Where have we seen this before? <laughs> Where has this come from? Oh God! Yeah, so we're up in the woods here now. We're hoping to uh, get out tomorrow morning and do some moose hunting. It's getting late in the season. Still don't have yeah. a moose. It's been a been a rough year weather wise. Been a rough year settings wise. But what we do have is lots of music. All right, let's get into it. We're going to dive right in. Well, we had a, yeah. an awesome discussion last week. We've kind of teed up a bit about Somewhere in Time. I know I've been listening to it uh, pretty steady. And my opinion of the album, as, as with everything with Maiden, when you put a lens on it, uh, your opinion of it tends to increase. And that's been my experience. But you've done some deep diving on Maiden. You've gone through your sources. You've got stacks of book here. I'm feeling quite intimidated. Yeah, I went through my books with a highlighter. With a highlighter? And stuff. And you've uh, you've kind of broken down uh, the context of the album, some of the context of the songs, yeah, and you're going to fill us in on, on some of the backgrounds we go through. Goofy trivia. And I'm going to hear this for the first <laughs> time as we do this, because honestly, I haven't reviewed these sources. I've just been listening to the album. Yeah. Well, it came out uh, 1986, and people say it's a concept album, because all the songs are kind of to do with time, sort of. But uh, it wasn't intentionally a concept album. They say they just kind of recorded it and it just kind of turned out that way. Just turned into it. So basically, yeah, they went to, uh, they were on the Power Slave tour, which was like a super grueling tour. And then they decided to take six months off. It was 11 month world slavery tour, 331 days on the road. It's almost a whole year. It's pretty crazy. It's insane. And so then when they're done, they decided to take six months off and then it didn't, they didn't even get six months before they started like writing and recording the new album. Oh, wow. That must have been pretty wiped. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, 189 concerts. 189 concerts. Yeah. Well, that's what I read in a couple of books. There's uh, in the history of Iron Maiden Part 3, mm. Rod Smallwood says 192. So I don't know where the extra shows came from. Yeah. I guess still, whatever. Concert when they played in that. How did they set up so quick? And that's just the way they do it. Write an album, tour the album. Yeah. Rehearse for the new yeah. album. Yeah, but worth that. Like that. 180, 189 shows in 300, well, was it 330 days, 31 days. days. Yeah. Like, compare that to, like, any sport. I mean, even baseball doesn't really hit that kind of numbers. They have 182 games every year, but they have a big break. Yeah, I don't know much about baseball. But I know, that sounds like a lot. And people think of it as just playing music, but, I mean, that's pretty grueling. It's the traveling, the touring. That is All the stuff that you do when you're not on stage that's, like... Oh, yeah. Ooh, right. all, all of that pesky sex that you have to have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is grueling. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, I mean, so that was the World Slavery Tour. That's where the Live After Death DVD came from. Yeah. Which is like Maiden at its peak, some say, or one of their peaks, one of their many peaks. One of their many, many peaks. So they're pretty like burned out after that. So uh, they got together trying to write this album. 
Bruce Dickinson was just like totally burned out. And he brought, well, here's songwriting credits for this album. Steve Harris has five songs. Adrian yeah. Smith has three. Yeah. Dave Murray has one. Yeah, that's a shared credit, right? Bruce Dickinson has no writing credits. Yeah, that's right. So he wrote absolutely nothing for this album. Yeah. So he's basically just the singer. He wrote some songs, though. But he said he, like, he was, like, pretty burned out with, like, the whole Maiden thing. And he started writing these, like, acoustic-y songs. He described them as, like, Maiden-y. Or no, not Maiden-y, as, like, Zeppelin-y. And then Steve Harris is like, this isn't Maiden. Yeah, <laughs> this is not fit. acceptable. It doesn't fit. Yeah. So I don't know what happened to those songs. They, I think maybe his first solo album. Mm. Like, maybe Born in 58 or Tears of the Dragon when it started as, like, acoustic stuff. I'm not sure. So anyway, they, uh, he didn't get, yeah, he didn't write anything on his album. So uh, Adrian Smith kind of stepped up and brought in like a bunch of fully written songs. So uh, Wasted Years and Stranger in a Strange Land, and he kind of picked up the slack. Anyway, they recorded in uh, the Bahamas, the rhythm tracks, and then uh, they went to Amsterdam. And uh, Adrian said they recorded the rest of it in, it was in Amsterdam, but it was actually like outside of Amsterdam in the middle of a bunch of windmills in the studio somewhere. And, uh, yeah, and then they mixed it in New York. And uh, That's so that's interesting. How do they pick these places? Like, how does this happen? Uh, the Bahamas, I think they recorded a couple albums there. Like, yeah. they just kind of, I guess they would like, get away from everything and have no yeah, distractions, I guess you, right? you probably need the inspiration to get away, just like people yeah. maybe go off and write. Like, never having been, you know, any type of musician, to me it seems kind of crazy these people keep changing the, the venues, you know? And then yeah. that is interesting. Well, that History of Iron Maiden Part 3 DVD mm. or documentary or whatever, Dave Murray said it was like being on vacation. You get up half early, go for a swim, you know, have a beer, and then you kind of get in the studio and start working. And so make amazing. I guess it's kind of, a, you know, that's a good setting to be in. It'd be hard for me to get into the zone there, but yeah, we're not. Well, we, we are at a cabin. So I guess it does make sense, you know, when you're when you're comfortable, you enjoy working. Right. That's so not, not that this is work at all. This album came out and everyone like freaked out because synthesizers. This is yeah. the first album with synthesizers. Yeah, I read a bunch of that when I was looking through, yeah. So I read a bunch I was reading some of my books and I was reading a bunch of stuff about it online and everyone's like, Maiden with their synthesizers, blah 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 blah. There's guitar synth on the mm. album. But there's no there's no keyboards on the whole album. Yeah. And I keep reading about keyboards, 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 and all these like people that like write about Maiden. Yeah. So, the, okay, the difference between guitar synth and synthesizer. Yeah. The guitar synth, you're still playing guitar, yeah. but it's like your input from your guitar goes into a synthesizer. So you can yeah. make your guitar sound like anything. I think a lot of people hear guitar synth and they think it's like a synthesizer, a keyboard that sounds like a guitar. So you're reproducing a guitar from like track stacking it up or, or just pre recorded. Well, you can just, you're, but you're basically, yeah, like you're, it's, you're still playing guitar. So everything on board. this, yeah. yeah. It's basically like an effects pedal, but like super, you can make it sound like whatever. Yeah. I don't know, I keep reading about the keyboards, keyboards, and there's no keyboard. Now in the next album, Seventh Song, there's keyboards. Yeah. But like, uh, it's still made in rocking on guitars. Yeah. It's just they're fed into basically like an effects machine that makes it sound like. Yeah, but they got some criticism sound. for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no keyboards on the album. They used to do this song when they were on tour for this. It was like an instrumental called Walking on Glass. And it's on YouTube if you Google yeah. it or search for it on YouTube. And it's a really cool solo with like Dave Murray and Adrian and they like, they're going back and forth and you can really hear like what the guitar synth sounds like because one guy will be soloing and then it sounds like there's like keyboards playing in the background. But if you look over Adrian's like holding chord and he'll strum it, but it sounds like it fades in yeah, kind of like a keyboard would. So that's where all that spacey sound comes from anyway. 
Oh, that's interesting. But anyway, I just want to say that because like yeah. a lot of people like. Crap yeah, so it's an unfair criticism. Using keyboards, I'm like, it's still yeah. the same guys playing the same instruments. Yeah. And I, well, but also you do have to admit though, in '86, that was starting to play a lot of music. Yeah, and so that was like state, of, were, state, like those are that was a brand new thing, so they were kind of like trying to break new ground. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, the piano key necktie was just coming. <laughs> Is it in before we get cracking on the album? Should we potentially? Yeah, I know. We haven't actually, we're, uh... we're back to Trooper Bear. <laughs> Um, you know, we're going around the, the small circuit of beers here, and we might do some interesting stuff with beer in the future. Maybe do some, we talked about maybe doing a Rattler, maybe we'll we'll bring in some different beers. Now we've had a few outside beers. We should there. invent a mixed drink that has something to do with Iron Maiden. Uh, yeah. See if we can, I don't know. <laughs> 666 cocktail. <laughs> the, uh, this Trooper beer was given to me by my, uh, by my niece, so shout out. Um, she's only uh, seven years old, but she was walking through the liquor store with her mother, and she was like, that's what Uncle Josh loves. Yeah. Eddie beer, Eddie beer. That's, that's what right. kids say. And then, uh, so I got that, so tee it up. Okay, hold on now. We're going to hear our trademark. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Love it. Good. Love it. No wasted beers here today. So I checked that. It's from a live, uh, it's in Italy. That's all I know. That's a great looking beer, though, isn't it? Yeah. I'm telling you, I like the Trooper. You give it a hard time, but... Yeah. Wow. It'll grow on you. All beer does, doesn't it? Just like Blaze Bailey. Yeah, Blaze Bailey. <laughs> well, It'll grow on you. Never. Well, no, I'm starting to like it more. But yeah. I'll break so, you down eventually. Okay. So that's a good uh, background on the album. Um, my perspective on it is uh, is not that in-depth. I've just more or less been listening to it steady belt around and... What stands out to me right away is, I mean, there's some tracks in there that are just, you know, iconic, wasted years. I think yeah. that ended um, all three of the live shows that we saw last year. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. so that's, I mean, that's, you know. That's the only song that has no guitar synth on that album. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's the only one. Interesting. Yeah, yeah of course, Heaven Can Wait, but there's a lot of depth in this album. There's a lot yeah, of, and yeah. a lot of range in it, too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to break down? Side A. Side A. Well, I'll go into the cover art first. Yeah, go into the cover Because art. it's one of the coolest Maiden cover arts, even though I didn't pick it up in my top five. No, but I did pick, um, what was it, Somewhere Back in Time cover, which has, has the, the same Eddie on it, busting through the um, the Power Slave Sphinx. Yeah. So I love that. But it's, yeah, Derek Riggs is like classic. So he said he took three months to paint, to paint it. Wow. Which is a lot. And it's only 32 inch by 15 inch, the painting. So it's like not a big, you'd think he painted this on this big board. Really? There's so much detail. It's on like a really small, one of my favorite Eddies. It's like the Cyborg Eddie. Yeah, it's a really cool the Two one. guns. It's super cool. Is, and, it in, is it in the video game? Oh, you mean um, the, the iPhone video? Yeah, the, the app. I, yeah. The um, Legacy of the Legacy Beast. Legacy of the yeah. Beast, which the tour is named after coming yeah. up next year. Yeah. Because I thought I saw him in there. Yeah, there's tons looks, of Eddies He looks there. like a video game character. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah. Yeah. So... I thought you were talking about the Ed Hunter video game from like oh, the no. 90s. I don't know anything about no, that. No, But uh, that would be pretty painful to play now, I bet. Well, was that was that one of those old memory you used to go down and used to buy the disc? You had like five discs to learn into a game? I don't know. Yeah. I know it came with a two disc greatest hits. <laughs> oh, man. Was there any classic Atari like Maiden games or anything? I don't think so. Well, I think it was just that. Nintendo or anything? Not that I know of. That's an area to look into. See if there's anything. I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure there's isn't. not. Yeah. Pretty sure you would have heard of it. Especially when this Legacy of the Beast came out. Anyway, it's super cool. I got this uh, album cover. Yeah, I got this one framed in my office, too, at work. Yeah? I got it, It's like two and a half feet by two and a half feet. 
Which is bigger than the original painting. Yeah, way bigger. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So yeah, when you walk in my office, you just see that being sitting behind my desk. No, it's awesome. I know. I'm going to go in the, my office at work has like a bunch of maiden stuff in it. What are the odds? It's somewhere in time, I thought it was good because it's not too like ghastly looking. It's not like the killer's one where he has the, you know, with the axe or anything like that. It's just like kind of science fiction. So mm. I don't know. No, it's definitely a great. Is it's a great it's album really cover. Cool. And there's a in the last podcast or two podcasts ago, we talked about it a bit. But there's you can find pages on the internet where it has like forty different inside jokes and stuff that's in the cover art. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it here now. The theater has live after death playing in it, and I told you about the 22 Keisha Avenue sign. Yeah. There's the the Eye of Horus over the uh, the building there. That's the Power Slave, the first line of Power Slave. And Bruce is holding a brain, like, uh, I guess it's like a peace of mind thing. Yeah. The street light from the first album cover is there. It's exactly the same with, like, the yep. mailbox. There's, like, an Aces High Bar with Power Slave Pyramid. Yeah, there's a pyramid there, yeah. The clock is two minutes set to two minutes to midnight. Ancient Mariner Seafood Restaurant. I don't know. Anyway, you could just go on and what on. What a coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. All these things are in there. Uh, Phantom Opera yeah, House. A lot of good Easter eggs there. Yeah. And there's a, yeah, Maggie's Revenge is written on the wall, which is like on the women. Okay, so the Sanctuary single came out, and yeah. that had a picture of Eddie after he just killed Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. And then Women in Uniform single came out, and it was a picture of Eddie walking with these like two girls with his arms around these two girls. Yeah. And Margaret Thatcher with a machine gun ready to kill him. So I don't know if that's, I assume that's what that whole Maggie's Revenge thing has to do with but Oh, cool. Anyway, it's really cool. Awesome. We can get into like side A. Let's do it. Let's break it down. Um, I thought the album um, side A versus side B, I mean, I think it's pretty evenly balanced even though Wasted Years and Heaven Can Wait are on the first first side. Yeah. Um, we did the run-through of openers in the last podcast or previous right. podcast. Right. And Caught somewhere in time for me. I think I ranked it around uh, seven or eight. I think you were six. Was it six? Nine, I can't remember exactly. Seven. Yeah. So both of us think it's in the top third yeah. of all well, the really tracks. Great, great song. Yeah. Great guitar solos. Vocals are amazing. Yeah. I think vocals on there. Like he just hits these notes. I have a uh, actually I have a clip here of Bruce singing it. If you want me to play it once. Yeah, play it. Yeah, so he's just like hitting on all That's cylinders. Deadly. It's so cool. Yeah, I love it. When I, yeah. you know that 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 chorus is so funny. I mean, it's literally the the name of the track and and yeah. uh, the name of the album. I love section. it when they have a title but, track. Yeah, for an album like yeah. Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden, Killers, Power Slave, all those albums. Well, Peace of Mind yeah. didn't, but I love it when there's a title track for the album. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Book of Souls. Yeah, and I love how like. It opens up with that like guitar synth, do 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 do, you know that riff, and it comes back again when the chorus comes. It's, yeah, it's really cool. It's an excellent song. It's got that galloping thing that I love. It does. I thought at first, you know, well, I've always kind of had a perspective that was a little bit cheesy, but I love it more and more and more. Yeah, you well, know just, what I mean? yeah, it is. But yeah. So speaking of cheesy, so they used to open the the tour was called Somewhere in Time Tour. Yeah. And this is their opener when they opened the show. This is the first song they played mm-hmm. on that tour. 
And uh, Bruce had this jacket on. It was like black with us like rope lighting all over it. And it had this big red pulsating light over where his heart would be. Mm. And he had, he, anyway, he was like all lit up because he was supposed to be like base aged or a cyborg or whatever. And, uh, and he was reading in his book. He said it weighed like 40 or 50 pounds. I can't remember. It was like the, because this was before like, yeah, you know, no like LEDs. LEDs now. Yeah. But this was like back and he had this big, like huge bat motorcycle <laughs> battery in it. So he's like running around the stage with this huge thing on. And he said like, Halfway through the song, like the batteries just start to go dead. <laughs> no way, yeah. that's crazy. The 80s. But anyway, it's like super. And they just plugged super in. Super cheesy. I it was... <laughs> no. Well, if they had a mic back then, I mean, obviously it had to be plugged in or. Yeah, but this, you know, he had this like light up suit that he was wearing. Right? I know now every song. everybody on a stag party has like better lighting systems. I know. Yeah. yeah. You can get like a cheesy Christmas sweater with better technology. In it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of ranked my songs as I went through it, and okay. I gave this one eight out of ten. And like, of course, you know, yeah. Rankin made songs. You got to. It's hard because then while you're listening it, to it, you're like, oh wait, no, ten out of ten. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> well, ten out of ten, I'm holding back. Nine yeah, out of ten, yeah, I'm no, holding back. But eight out of ten means it's it's pretty pretty good. As a matter of fact, I think yeah, there's only one that beats it on this album. And uh, for I'll me, get into it. There's a few, that, there's few that there's a few that time. Well, I I can't say it now because it's the next song. Okay. Wasted years. Yeah. So but, uh, this song is like yeah. the solos in the song, awesome. Yeah. And like the first one is Dave Murray, and it's like his typical kind of loose improvised kind of sound which is awesome and then the second one is kind of more melodic yeah i love adrian's solo when adrian because i count it all as one guitar solo because those kind of like hand off a guitar solo from one guitarist to another but i still count that as all as one guitar solo yeah like we're gonna do an episode eventually on guitar solos and uh yeah, you can't you can't have them you playing can't. off each other and be like oh that's that's a solo that's yeah, a little yeah. solo that's a so solo. as long like, as it all, all part yeah. of it so yeah anyway this is just a great solo and he does this thing that he does that adrian does all the time which is like it's like tapping but he taps with the edge of his pick so yeah. it's like super fast and just sounds really cool uh i don't know it's just cool how it, dave murray has this kind of improvised style and then like adrian comes in with this like memorable you can almost like sing it like i find slash has solos like that too that are like really memorable yeah and adrian's are like that too whereas dave murray's are kind of like they're good but they're i don't know Anyway, here I have a clip of uh, Adrian Solo. It's pretty short. So you can hear that part where he like does a super fast tapping yeah, on the side did. of the pick. Because yeah. I was I was wondering how he did that. At first I thought he was like doing something super fast with like a whammy bar or something, but then mm. I watched the concert a concert video of him playing it and it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I guess it's still called tapping, even if you're tapping with a pick, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have yeah. any guitar technique. I know, I don't <laughs> I can just hear that you know, I would have thought he was was picking very quickly, yeah. but if he's tapping that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, that's oh man, it's such a great song. Anyway, deadly song. Yeah, awesome. deadly song. Deadly song. Moving on. Yeah. Wasted Years. Wasted Years. I yeah. Mean, the only song with no guitar synth, I said before. Yeah. Yeah. And a song that needs almost no introduction to any Maiden fan. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's on Best of the Beast. It's a common, um, you know, uh, song that they'll play live even now. It was, it, it, it bookended all three of our Book of Souls shows that we yeah. went to. Oh, yeah. They closed the concert with it. Yeah. Closing the concert with Wasted Years is a big genius, I think. Because yeah. it's just such an uplifting song to yeah. close a concert with. It's so awesome. I know. It's such a great idea. Wasted Years. Also, Blood Brothers. That, that's always yeah. has to be in, the, you know, because it's yeah. the two things that kind of bind you all. And that's one of those songs that, like, 
the studio version, the album version of Blood Brothers. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. But then yeah. live, it's just like great. Like it's meant to be played live. Yeah, it's just they're just two songs that get you in the in the in the mood. Like every time you see Maiden, you want to you want to hear Wasted Years, and you also want to hear The Trooper. Yeah, and you know, Blood Brothers is Run great. The Hills. You, oh, you've, as sick as everyone is of Run yeah. to the Hills, like when I hear that song live, it's just like it's great. It's amazing. It's, it's like, great. Yeah, and it's funny because like this is the only song without a guitar synth on it, but. I read this book. It's right here. Iron Maiden in the Studio by Jake Brown. And uh, he says, there's an interview in there, and he says that uh, Adrian says he got the idea for the song by messing around on a guitar synthesizer. So, Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Adrian wrote it. And, yeah, he uh, wrote the whole song. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's funny, too, when they play it live now. It's like uh, Adrian will be playing the uh, intro. Mm-hmm. That's that like, yeah. thing where he like, hammers down on the open string thing. Uh, and then like Yannick will also be playing it. I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> but he's like doing that thing where he like taps on one note on the bottom, then he reaches over the top of his fret note, taps the other one. So he's just doing this like yeah. monkey around. Thing. You know, what Yannick's and like, they don't even plug in. Right? Yeah, I'm just wondering if he even like if you could even hear him if yeah. he could, like if he's even in the mix at all. But yeah, I wonder what <laughs> I wonder what his real perspective on it all is, or what everyone else thinks of him. Well, he does have some really awesome yeah. solos in there. Yeah. So. Personally, I like his stage presence. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's like he's not he's as like cool as, as, as Murray or, or Adrian. He's not as cool, and and you know, yeah. And he obviously doesn't have the. And there is a lot of times where I guarantee yeah. he's not playing very much. Well, you know what I mean. If you were to ask me to be the third guitarist for Maiden, I think I'd take it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd be the fourth. Yeah, and it is pretty cool. Just throwing that out there if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to play, but I will also dance around and yeah. tap tap buttons. Yeah. Um, so wasted years. I mean, I don't even think we have to go into that one too much, just because it's so. Oh long. man, like it's like, great. The Adrian uh, solo is great. Adrian does these things where he like hits a big bend when he starts the solo or yeah. ends the solo, and like it sounds really cool. And I love there's a part I'm gonna clip here, and it's like this little detail that I picked out. Okay, there's a part where when he's playing his solo for wasted years. Yeah. When he comes out of the solo, he uh, doesn't end the solo. He keeps playing after the vocals come back in and it's almost like a compliments the vocals it's almost like a background vocal play with the guitar but just it sounds really cool i don't know well, deadly you have, you have a clip it's my favorite part i got a clip over here let's let let's hear it Well, that's awesome. I know. I know it's just a little I thing. I always a, love that part. It's a detail, like yeah, it's like a little yeah. tiny detail. That's a good. But I did, every time that I'm listening to the song, when that part comes, that's yeah. like my favorite part of the song. I don't it's know why. I realize like you're listening to music in way bigger depth than me. Like I'm listening to that. I, the I other just thing love it. I, that's I, awesome. Is uh, I'm crushing beer when I hear that song. <laughs> I've crushed lots of beer listening to that song too. But uh, Adrian wrote the song. Yeah. And he's his background vocals. Mm-hmm. Like check out his background vocals. Listen to this. So. Amazing. Yeah, so he has really good voice. Vo- vocal range. So is he awesome. has this side project. Why did they ever get Blaze? <laughs> yeah, That's all I'm thinking right yeah. now. That was awesome. But he left with Bruce, right? Yeah. To do the side project. He did. ASAP. So 
That's why they got Blaze. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But this ASAP, we'll get into. We have another episode planned where we're going to talk about like side projects and pre-Maiden bands. Yeah, but that ASAP, like his vocals are great. Yeah, his yeah. vocals are solid. Yeah, yeah, because that was another thing I want to talk about because all of the Bruce non-vocal parts while Bruce was in because there's a few areas we're going to talk about. Uh, I'll actually tee one up on a little bit where I love it when, when someone prompts Bruce and then he answers singing. Like, I love yeah. that. So we'll get into that in a minute. That's deadly, though. i got to say, that blew me away. Yeah, he's, he's got a great voice, and I love it when he sings. Yeah, because he's Cause, always so quiet, it seems like. Yeah, I know. And he's just, you know? Yeah. So that ASAP, I should uh, let you listen to that. Yeah. It's really different. It's not me at all, but he's just, it's just cool. That's I think right. I'd like it. And uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention about this song is remember when Book Souls came out and we thought that Shadows on the Valley... Sound just like Wasted Years, the intro. Yes. It's very similar. So very similar. it's not really the same, but it kind of has the same feel and style. Hammering on the empty string, which he's doing the same thing in Shadow of the Valley. Shadow on the Valley. Yeah. Uh, so I got another clip, which is the two of those compared. So I have the intro to Wasted Years. Yeah. And then the intro to Shadow on the Valley. And then I have the intro to Shadow on the Valley played at double speed. Oh, cool. So you can hear it. It does sound kind of similar, but it's not really the same. But it's similar in style. But I don't know. Here, I'll play it. Uh, this one. Yeah, and the final iteration when you sped up, uh, yeah. the intro sounded like wasted years. There, that's yeah. that, that's well, because awesome. the first time I heard that song, it reminded me totally wasted years. Yeah, but now that you know both songs, like he's playing different notes, but it's the same style, it's the same yeah. kind of thing. Anyway, that's a great tune, though. Shadow of anyway, wasted years. Yeah, one of the best Maiden tracks ever. Yes, probably the best song on the album. Um, best song on the album. Yeah, I put it up there. I gave it. I did rate it ten out of ten. Okay, that was the only. That was the only. <laughs> 10 or 9 I gave and when I said you know it went higher that was the one definitely Wasted Years and it's you know it's a if they, if you were to take 12 songs to sum up Maiden it'd have to be on there yeah like yeah. if I made a best of Maiden disc I'd definitely put Wasted Years on it has there. to be on there yeah. even though it's also the meaning around the song the live aspects and all that so yeah it's, it's like a lot touring more to... and missing home and stuff yeah. especially if they came off that super grueling tour like i think that's probably how they all felt at the end yeah and if we think about it too like when we when we go to the shows and and we lamented earlier today uh you know the only challenge that we have is you know um that maiden are getting up there in years and the wasted years gains more and more meaning for fans who are looking that's totally back, true yeah. right and you know you think back to how many people yeah. we've talked about have missed later maiden because they think back to maiden as a high school or as a 20s thing and back in the 70s like i wonder if you hear wasted years and look at the lyrics. Yeah. When you're like 19 or 20, like, does the song mean anything to you? I wonder. They're like, oh, I missed. I, I yeah. wasted that last July when I shouldn't have done this. And, yeah, but you know it's also I mean? it's like, not really wasted time. That's the point. Yeah, right? it's like those wasted years. It's like you know those classic signs of summer '69. You know where you're sitting around and you're young and you've got all this time on your hands. But those are the best times. 
and you're just wasting yeah. your time, but it's so amazing. That song is actually about the 69. Is it really? I don't know. But no. at the end, when he's, during the fade out at the end, he's like, me and my baby in a 69. Oh, really? Did you ever notice he said that? No. <laughs> no. You're going to play that one at halftime. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing as uh, that uh, Start Me Up song. Yeah. You make a grown man cry. And at the end, he said, when it's fading out, he's like, you make a dead man come. And I'm like, no. how do they sneak that onto the radio all the time? Wow. If you ever pay attention. Anyway, that has yeah. nothing to do with me. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it's all... It's all in the same space. Moving on, Sea of Madness. Sea of Madness. That's another Adrian song. Oh my god, love this. It's awesome. He yeah. stepped up, man, when like Bruce Dickinson was burnt out from the road. Yeah. He just like stepped up with these like songs that he had pretty much completely written. Yeah. Uh definitely the weakest track on the side though, just because oh, it's yeah. it's so it's so packed between yeah. God Summer Time, Wasted Years, and then Heaven Can Wait. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a few amazing vocal moments in there too. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And uh, that's another thing about that. We were just talking about Shadows of the Valley from the Book of Souls. Yeah. And they have that lyric that's like, uh, soulless demons laughing in a sea of madness. When I heard that, I was like, oh, they're doing like a callback. I love it when they like mention terms from other Maiden songs in like newer Maiden songs. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. That was pretty deadly. At, right before the song kicks in, that part about the raven or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. I want to play a clip. Yeah, so I just love that vocal. So I just yeah. love the transition there. And uh, I don't know. I always leaned into that part of the song. I know it's, um, yeah, obviously I, so I super vocal. I focus on Bruce's vocals. But that's, no, I love that lyric. Awesome. Yeah. My eyes, that's I see, cool. but I can't believe. It's just such a cool. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, fantastic. So Sea of Madness, I give it 7 out of 10. Okay. I think, I think your ratings are pretty much spot on. Yeah. yeah. And they're not, but also I, I'm pretty hard pressed in this album to find anyone yeah. six or below. Yeah. It's funny because you're rating them like in terms of like maiden songs because still I yeah. put that over like anything that you hear on the radio. Well, that that's my logic is, is you know, I, I'm not going to find many maiden songs that are less than five or six. Yeah. And you can't um, hit tens on stuff. Or you else can't do tens on everything or else you have, you're not rating anymore. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. When I went to school in, in, in England, uh, I went to business school in England and, you know, it was hilarious because a, uh, literally like a D was, um, had to work it was basically a 65 or a 55 was like more or less the lowest mark you could get and 80 was the highest like they didn't believe in like giving a 90 or a 95 oh, really? so that they uh they had this thing it was like well if you really do your work at 80 that's pretty well all you can expect this is manchester business school that's kind of crazy it should yeah and like... then if you were totally garbage and you did like horrible they'd give you like a, a i think it was a, a 55 or a 60 but even 55 60s like you had to be illiterate so I was like, you know, you'd go in and, and you'd crush it and you'd get 20 more than everyone else. And I, it was like, just We don't want anyone to get low self-esteem or high self-esteem. <laughs> well, it was more, I didn't think they liked in. marking or really measuring anyone. They just came up with this as like, you know, if you're really good at it, then they give you, a, and it, it was, it was so, yeah, it, it seems ridiculous. so pompous because in one hand they're like, no one deserves a 90 at Manchester Business School. Yeah, like but what if you get everything right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Don't even get me going, buddy. Don't even get me going. There's not enough trooper <laughs> beer in the planet. But, um. Yeah, okay, so moving on. Last okay. track on this side. On I think we're, we're probably going to have to split this up. In yeah, this is going to be a long podcast. So yeah. this is going to be like an hour and a half. Well, we'll do Easy side A, I we guess. So. Yeah, we'll finish side A and then maybe we'll see in a couple of days we'll do side two. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Heaven Can Wait. Okay. 
Fantastic song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great chorus. <laughs> these these two guys on this Maiden podcast, they really like Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> what are good. the odds? Uh, I guess this album is so classic. This like, album when you get is into, so good. When you get into like Beast, Peace of Mind, Power yeah. Slave, this album. Yeah. The, a lot of the albums, like there's not a lot of low points. There's a few here and there, but. Yeah, let's look like this is in that window. Okay, the early years we talked about, um, yeah, you know, Maiden and Killers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, amazing stuff. And then Power Slave, which many people yeah. would argue, especially coming out of, as their fifth album, coming out of that amazing four start. Yeah. Uh, you know, we already talked a lot about those early well, years. Beast and Peace of Mind are yeah. just like. Yeah. amazing and then power slave yeah like that's three and now this is a fourth album which a lot of people th- think of those first three yeah bruce albums as being the classic but i put this in totally yeah and then it's it's not long the seventh song and you're thinking yeah there's the, in that 80s space there's so much that this album kind of gets lost in that in that you know just there's so much there's so many good runs it's like Tom Brady's third super bowl it's you know yeah at, at what stage do you do you just start to there's just too yeah. much but when I listen to this album now, and if we break it on track by track, it's like there's no weak points. Yeah, no, it's true. The I first, mean, you can pretty much start with Invaders, which is a weak point on yeah, that. Absolutely. But from there, there's not really a weak point until... Yeah. Is there one on Seven Sun? Um, well, Seven Sun will have to break down. There are some campier songs, but personally yeah. for me, I mean, the, yeah. the first four songs... Are I think of that album as like where it's a concept album. I think of the whole thing as yeah. like... Is it continuous? Yeah, it's just all awesome. Yeah. It's so good. There's a few, yeah, there's some stuff in there, like the Prophecy, I didn't listen yeah. to very much. Oh, I love that song. Anyway, that's another album. Yeah, we got to do that another So one. Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait. Yeah. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. So I have a few yeah. facts about Heaven Can Wait, too. Yeah. So originally when the song was written, well, Steve Harris said it's, uh, it's about a guy who, like, uh, I don't know if the lyrics directly translate, but in this interview that I read, he said, it was a guy who like dies and he's going to heaven, but then he's like, no, I'm not going. I'm going back. Mm-hmm. So, which like heaven can wait. But originally, the song was called Everything White. Everything White. So they put this, uh, they published the track list. in this Even German the lyric? Movie. I don't know. But yeah. the, all, we, all I know is like a German magazine printed this article before the album came out. It had all the listings of the songs and like a little paragraph about each one. Yeah. And it was a film called Everything White. So I don't know if the lyrics are like everything white, everything. Yeah. Because they would have recorded it before that, you think. Yeah, or I'm, or maybe this like German magazine just got it wrong. Yeah, I love what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Take my hand. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And that part that goes oh oh. Yeah. So that part that's like the you know the chanting part like whoa, yeah. it's like a soccer chant or whatever, yeah. or a football chant or whatever. Back during this tour, they or uh, I'm not sure if it was this tour. The they used to have this thing called a Heaven Can Wait pass. That was like a random fan club drawing, and you got on stage and you used to have fans on stage to chant that part out when they did that song. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, and when they're recording great. it, this is something that came right from Iron Maiden, but no one knows if it's really true or if it's just like a story they made up. But they said that they went to this like bar next to where they're recording the song, and they got a bunch of people in the bar to come back to the studio to sing that like gang chorus part. Yeah. So, I don't know. Wow, that could be lore, but yeah. can you imagine if you wanted the people in that? Yeah. Two awesome guitar solos again. They yeah. were oh, first. Man. Adrian Smith second. The, actually... Some of the best guitar on the album for me, yeah. you know, as a, as a layman. I mean, you're yeah. breaking it down and, and speeding it up and slowing it down and stuff. Yeah. But for me, it just stands out. Heaven Can Wait, you know, it's so dominated by vocals and, and the chorus, which defines it. Yeah, it's pretty and awesome. you've heard it over and over again, but people underestimate the quality of the guitar in that song. At least the yeah. way I view it. And this album, and too. 720, 724, I got that here. Like, that's an epic. Yeah, they have some yeah. long songs on this album. That's which true. is great. Yeah. Um, which is, well, when you you got eight tracks and you want, you know. 
Yeah. You want that depth. It's, you're you're going to have to fill it a bit. I mean, the, the shortest um, track on the first side here is Wasted Years at 5.06. Yeah, and that's yeah. a decent length song. So epic. I mean, you know, it's no, no Taylor Swift to have minutes. <laughs> I don't know, Taylor Swift songs are probably three or four minutes. <laughs> well, her breakups do take a while. <laughs> I digress. She's a sweetheart. T-Swift, actually. <laughs> just drop a little Swifty knowledge on here. Um, I actually know nothing about Taylor Swift, but except I was reading that like her tour... And she was getting panned because her tour wasn't selling out lately. But then, like, sort of people came out and said, actually, they've already raised 220 million ticket sales. Yeah, like, I know. People just like to criticize and drag people down. That's insane. Yeah. Anyway, fair well, with all the uh, vinyl that I have in my vinyl yeah. collection, I have Taylor Swift album. Yeah. Whatever that one is called. I don't know. Listen to it. My daughter used to love it. My daughter loved that Shake It Off song. Yeah. And I got that. I can't remember what the, what the name of that album was. That would actually be awesome. I don't hate uh, Yeah. I, Break down one of those like a name tune. I have. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely synthesized guitar. (laughs) I don't think that song either break down very much, but yeah. Anyway, enough about Taylor Swift. I can't believe we got onto Taylor Swift in an Iron Maiden podcast. Well, because we're talking about the length of the track. We get onto anything, man. Who cares? Yeah, Uh, it's all good. But I got to put more wood in the wood stove. So let's just end this after side A, and we'll do side B as a separate podcast. We'll break this up there, so we'll sign it out then. And um, yeah. Key takeaways on the album. So first, before first you go, half, yeah, add up your ratings for these four songs and divide them by four. Oh, good call. I got eight out of ten for Caught Somewhere in Time, Wasted Years. Uh, it's ten out of ten. Sea of Madness is, is seven out of ten, and Heaven Can Wait, eight out of ten. So what's that? Uh, that's 30, 33. 33. <laughs> divided by four, it can't be done. <laughs> eight and change. Okay, eight yeah. and change. Eight and change. Eight and uh, uh, eight people listening to that, they're like you eight point two five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Um, so basically an edit of 10, and I'd go with that. Uh, the second side is is, is good. Um, we'll get to that. I don't know if uh, it'll hold up. Once you go waste years and have a good way, how do you do it? We'll see if it gets a combined eight eight and change average. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Awesome. Summertime. Some okay. good uh, some So good everyone out there, keep your fingers crossed that we get a moose tomorrow. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's yeah. good. All okay. right. Awesome. Good work, by the way, on the uh, edits. All right. All right. Till next time.